Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Today on the WCBS Morning News Roundup. Random, barbaric, EMS lieutenant stabbed to death. She was absolutely beloved on this job. I'm Sean Adams in the story. Cops in Brooklyn shot a suspect in the leg after he and another had shot and wounded two men. The Red Cross is sending more aid to Florida after the devastation caused by Hurricane Ian, which is expected to make landfall later today just south of Charleston. Friday morning, it's September 30th. Here comes October. Good morning, I'm Paul Murday. I'm Ashok Bala. Craig Allen says clouds today and a rainy weekend ahead. A suspect has been charged with the murder of brutal stabbing death of that FDNY EMS Lieutenant Allison Russo-Elling. This happened in Astoria, Queens. WCBS reporter Sean Adams on the suspect now in this case and charges against him, Sean. Well, EMS colleagues say 61-year-old Allison Russo was kind and caring. The fact that she served 25 years saving lives that illustrates her compassion and her devotion to helping others. It is perplexing why someone would savagely attack such a person. Yesterday afternoon, the EMS lieutenant was out getting lunch near Station 49 here in Astoria. Police say without warning, a man with a knife pounced on her and stabbed her more than 20 times. Acting FDNY Commissioner Laura Cavanaugh. Members of EMS serve only to help and save other people's lives. To be attacked and killed in the course of helping others is both heartbreaking and enraging for our department in ways I cannot describe. She calls the attack barbaric and unprovoked. A good Samaritan chased the attacker to his apartment. Police were able to uh, convince him to surrender. They arrested 34-year-old Peter Zizopoulos, charged him with murder. The motive here? Unknown. Lieutenant Russo was a September 11th responder. She was soon to retire. Paul Ashok. Thank you, Sean. In Brooklyn, police opened fire on a suspect last night after a shooting where two men were wounded in Bed-Stuy. NYPD Chief of Patrol Jeff Madry explains why the cops had to fire their weapons. During the course of the pursuit, they see the male grab his waist, turn towards them. One of the officers fired two rounds, striking the male in his right lower leg. The suspect, along with the victims of the shooting, are in hospitals and expected to survive. Another armed suspect was taken into custody before that without incident. The American Red Cross in Greater New York is sending help to Florida after the devastation caused by Hurricane Ian. An emergency response vehicle and two volunteers will depart its New York City headquarters 1030 this morning. Around 730 trained Red Cross disaster workers are supporting this relief effort with hundreds more on the way. Ian will make a second landfall today with tropical storm warnings out for Georgia, hurricane warning up along the stretch of Carolina, and Ian is expected to storm ashore, we think, around Charleston as a Cat 1 hurricane later on. Now to the Weather Center at Chief Meteorologist Craig Allen. Some wet weather this weekend, and yeah, we need it. We do. We need it. It's going to come uh, in perhaps a hefty dose, too, for portions of New Jersey as well as uh, Long Island. But those are the areas that need it the most. Just hopefully it doesn't come down too fast, and then we end up having any kind of flash flooding. I think there may be some of the typical urban and uh, urban flooding in the poor drainage areas, but uh, right now it looks like it'll be spread out through the day on Saturday. 
For today, partly to mostly cloudy, it's dry, about 65. Rain could start falling before sunup now for tomorrow morning. 55 to 60 will be the overnight low, and then it's periods of rain tomorrow, possibly heavy at times, and the high will be right up around 60 degrees. Nasty day. The gustiest winds will be right along the coastline, gusting over 30 miles per hour. Even Sunday, mainly cloudy with some rain or drizzle still lingering. Best bet on Sunday is for it to be from about the city on south and east, but still, it's just not a very pretty day about 60 to 65 right now 54 humidity 61 percent thank you craig the mental health of young people has been on the decline for years even before the pandemic the story from wcbs reporter peter haskell there's a growing mental health crisis among kids dr shettle shaw is a pediatrician you know right now data suggests that almost a third about 37 percent of 12 to 17 year olds are reporting feelings of sadness or hopelessness. Dr. Shaw says parents should turn to their doctors and school counselors for guidance, but they also have to listen. The first thing parents need to do is acknowledge it and say that, that these stressors aren't going away. We need to figure out tools to manage those stressors. There are simple coping strategies that are effective. For more on mental health concerns, listen to this week's 880 In-Depth podcast. Find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. The city council is holding another hearing this afternoon on how to handle the influx of asylum seekers. Council Speaker Adrian Adams says that the tents in Orchard Beach are not enough, calling for the city to continue to build shelters. She also wants President Biden to intervene and do something about the governors down south who have been sending the asylum seekers here to New York. As a way to clean up the needles and syringes on our streets and in our parks, the city council is considering a bill that would have the city buy them back from those suffering from addiction. WCBS's Christy Kalishian with more from two of its sponsors. We have to meet people where they are. Clearing the city of used needles and syringes while putting money in the pockets of New Yorkers with the goal of getting closer to ending addiction. That's what the bill is hoped to achieve. We need to think about new incentives that will encourage the people who are using those needles to not throw them out across our playgrounds and parks and stoops. Councilmember Lincoln Wrestlers, one of the bill's sponsors. It would start a year-long pilot program offering New Yorkers at one of the city's overdose prevention centers up to 20 cents per used needle, syringe or sharp, with a $10 limit per person each day. Councilwoman Gail Brewer is another one of the bill's 22 sponsors. We're all trying to deal with drug addiction, but while we're trying to deal with it, we also don't want people who could be hurt by the needles in the park. So I don't know how anybody could be opposed to trying to get needles off the streets and the parks. Christy Kalishian, WCBS News Radio, 880. Friday morning, I'm Paul Murdane. I'm Ashok Kabbalah with three things to know. Number one, the Food and Drug Administration has approved a much-debated drug for Lou Gehrig's disease. Around 20,000 people in the U.S. suffer from ALS, which destroys nerve cells needed for basic functions like walking, talking, and swallowing. There is still no cure. Two, a Maryland anesthesiologist and her U.S. Army doctor spouse have been charged with plotting to give Russia medical records of American military personnel. They were busted by an undercover FBI agent and could face up to 15 years behind bars. And our third thing to know, our top story, residents along the coast of Georgia, South Carolina, and North Carolina now preparing for Hurricane Ian. It's expected to make landfall later today just south of Charleston. 
CBS News correspondent Michael George has more from Folly Beach, South Carolina. The southeast coast of South Carolina is expected to take a direct hit. This is a region known as Low Country, filled with salt marshes, waterways and beaches, areas already prone to flooding. The storm surge here could be particularly devastating. Lisa Sanez and her two sons fled to the Charleston area from their home in Tampa. They were trying unsuccessfully to steer clear of Ian. My sister, actually, she brought us out here to get away from the storm. So, And now it's headed this way. It's headed this way, and I don't know. We're going to hunker down here. As Hurricane Ian came ashore in Florida, those who had not evacuated found themselves stranded. As 911 call centers were overwhelmed, rescue crews had to wait out the worst. CBS's Omar Villafranca says that brought out stories of some harrowing escapes. Don't ever leave me again. An emotional moment amidst the ruin. Kim Silva reunited with her family after riding out her first hurricane alone. What was that moment like when you finally seen him and everybody knows they're okay. Just start crying. After Ian flooded her Northport home, Michelle Robinson waded through waist-high water with her bulldog Daisy riding her kayak, both desperate for dry land. The dog and I slept on the bar in the kitchen like the island. Up top? Yeah, all night. It'll take months to clean up all the damage. I'm really surprised that uh, there are more. There's more than one story of people actually having ridden out the storm around Fort Myers on a boat. Can you imagine? People live on boats down there. You can get away with that down there. Uh, one guy. It turns out that in the entirety of the Fort uh, Myers yacht basin, 20 vessels. His was the only one that was still intact. And when he finally crawled out of it, it was like what in a parking lot, I think, somewhere in town. Give you an example of you know what it was like down there during that. Yeah, a friend of mine's in Madeira Beach. He was doing Instagram live videos. There's no damage there at all. Yeah, and but he had lifted his boat up really high just in case. <laughs> it's boat life this morning. It's the morning news roundup on WCBS weekday mornings at six. We give you a deeper dive into the stories you need to start your day. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.